My name is Felipe Torres Medina, and I am from Colombia, the place that gave us Shakira, Sofia Vergara, and the sexiest one of all, John Leguizamo. And my name is Taylor K. Phillips, and I am from Missouri. It's the place that gave us John Hamm, Ellie Kemper, and a year each of Hemingway, Disney, and Queer Eye. And this is the, the Untied, Untied States, States of America. Of America. <laughs> <laughs> We've never been able to get that never. in unison. <laughs> in this podcast, we talk about these United States and what their whole deal is individually. Because we want to think of states as real places with real people and not just part of buzzy names like the Rust Belt or Flyover Country or that place I'm not legally allowed to go by order of a federal judge. We just want to talk about this messed up country and what we still like about it. Or what we don't. <laughs> Today, we are purchasing hiking boots and an overpriced fleece from L.L. Bean and venturing to the Pacific Northwest, where we'll be talking about Washington. The Lincoln Memorial, the Capitol Building, the Terrible Pizza. Washington State. Oh, right. The Space Needle, the Starbucks, the Terrible Pizza. Don't be a New York <laughs> snob. The only good pizza has the crunch of a sick cockroach stuck in the oven. No. I'm not joking. That did happen to me once in Colombia. We were out with a friend and there was a little bit of dead cockroach in a pizza. Pizza in Colombia so is fine, nice. but this one place was terrible. Uh, today we'll also talk uh, with Drew Johnston. Drew is a writer and comedian based in L.A., but before that he lived in New York. And he's from Washington, but he lived in New York where he was the director of one of my sketch teams at a comedy theater that died because of the plague. Uh, I owe a lot to Drew. Uh, he's a wonderful writer, hilarious director, and without him, the comedy audiences in New York City would never have seen my sketches and everyone knows that my sketches ask the tough questions like <laughs> what if the genie from aladdin's wish was to have a penis <laughs> the first time i met drew was because i approached him in a coffee shop as a fan to tell him i had just finished writing a blog post about watching him do improv um, but now we're real friends and in the before times we had lunch like real friends so meet your heroes kids <laughs> But before we talk to Drew, uh, here's some stuff we found out about Washington. Uh, the Washington Territory was originally going to be named Columbia for the Columbia River, the Columbia District, and because it didn't get into Yale. And that's what I call a relatable joke. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Washington's nickname is the Evergreen State. So to honor that, here is a joke about airplane food. <laughs> The only people who ever enjoyed airplane food were probably high. <laughs> Evergreen comedy. She wrote that joke and told me that she had written a joke that might make me divorce her. And <laughs> I felt insulted because that is a great joke. <laughs> I almost love her more because of it. That's wonderful for me. Washington is also home to Boeing, which is famously named after the sound their planes make while taking off. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Washington isn't just the home of Microsoft. It's also the home of some of the biggest web companies like Classmates.com, WhitePages.com, Amazon, and GoDaddy. Incidentally, if you visit Classmates.com and then WhitePages.com to find your high school ex and then get that high school ex something off Amazon.com, it's very likely your wife will tell you that you have to go daddy. And <laughs> Washington has uh, an MLB an NHL and an NFL team. Uh, 
<laughs> Tess says boo about the GoDaddy joke. <laughs> <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> Washington has an MLB, an MLS, an NHL, and an NFL team. But their last NBA team, the Seattle Supersonics, left the state to become the Oklahoma City Thunder. Y'all know what that sound means. It's time for our special segment, Taylor Knows a Thing. On today's episode, Taylor knows a thing about... The Supersonics and the Thunder and why they're both called that and why it's a weird coincidence that they ended up being the same team. All right, Taylor. Know that thing. So, the reason that the Supersonics were called the Supersonics is because Boeing, based in Seattle, callback fact, were pioneering supersonic flight. And they legitimately thought that they were going to be able to transport people commercially at supersonic speeds and that they were going to be like the first company to do this. And the one problem with this was that supersonic flight admits a supersonic boom, emits a supersonic boom. And they weren't sure that people would be able to handle that. So they basically had to test out how people would react to living in a world of supersonic boom. So they sought out a test city and guess which city agreed on behalf of its people and without the consent of its people to be a guinea pig for supersonic booms. Say it with me. Oklahoma City. And so for six months, the citizens of Oklahoma City had to endure multiple up to nine supersonic booms every single day. And the noise drove everyone so bonkers that it effectively like killed the plan for supersonic flight at Boeing and um and like that got destroyed and then about 20 ish years later some oklahoma city guys purchased the seattle basketball team under basically false pretenses and then moved them to oklahoma city so seattle didn't just give oklahoma supersonic booms they also gave them the thunder This episode of Taylor Knows a Thing was brought to you by... The book Boomtown by Sam Anderson. It is super good and about the founding of Oklahoma City, but also about basketball. And with that story about ballers, I am proud to introduce one of the real-life biggest fans of HBO's ballers I've ever met, Drew Johnston. Drew is a writer and performer and producer. He's worked on The Chris Gethard Show on True TV. Uh, he's a veteran writer-performer at the UCB Theater in New York. He's appeared on Orange is the New Black, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, The Last OG, Lapses, and Law and Order SVU. Done, done, among others. Originally from Seattle, he graduated with a degree in the- theater from Whitman College in Walla Walla, Washington, and he's worked as a house painter, a marketing manager, a CPA's assistant, and the same CPA's house manager. No, house painter. He's <laughs> <laughs> a what house up? manager. Just like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> And he won the Andy Kaufman Award uh, for playing Dr. Turkey, a turkey man who's also, also a creationist. <gasps> Welcome, Drew! Hey, thank you for having me. Is that, wait, Taylor, is that real about the yes. Oklahoma City thing? That's insane. Isn't that bonkers? You have to read this book. It is. It's, it's crazy. Wait, is it about Oklahoma City Thunder? Is that what the book is about? So it's about Oklahoma City. It's about the founding of Oklahoma City and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And like the, I I can't emphasize enough. My My friend back home recommended it to me. And I just, I kept texting him because the coincidences in the book yeah are just they're they're bonkers and 
there's a part where there's like a city specifically in Oklahoma City called Ewing that like sets off a chain of events that defines Oklahoma City. And then he immediately ties it into the arrival of Patrick Ewing at the Supersonics and how that also starts the chain of events that brings them to Oklahoma City. There's a there's like a name there there's like a municipal man in Oklahoma City named James Harden. So there are like two <laughs> James Hardens at the same time. Like it's Oh my god. It's wild. I but mean, there's a lot I've of conversations about Seattle in it because of the relationship between the Supersonics and then and Boeing and Oklahoma City. Yeah. I mean, that is crazy to know. I mean, it, it honestly feels like they, this was like a revenge tale from these Oklahoma City guys to be like, we got to get back at this. And then they just oh. hit up the Starbucks CEO and they were like, we're going to take this from you. And it was <laughs> it just it broke, you know, 22 year old Drew's heart. When it it, happened. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> well, because they they like from what I read, they kind of bought it initially. And they're like, oh, and they're totally going to stay in Seattle. Like, don't even worry oh, about it. We would they never did, bring they them promised here. us. And we had just gotten Kevin Durant. We were all so excited for Kevin Durant, and it was uh, just ugh, ugh. Uh, <laughs> well, read read the book. It will be it, the experience for you will be like the experience for me reading Moneyball, where it's just the Oakland A's drafting or trading a bunch of players from the Royals because they're smarter, yeah. and it's just like oh they played for us oh and now they played for the A's oh and then they took this person. I mean, that, it would be, it would make, drive me crazy. I mean, but I will read it and I will hate read it and I will have a great time hate reading it. <laughs> when Taylor told me that story the first time, she was so excited. She basically, I think she just finished this book, but she was so excited that she didn't clarify to me that these two things didn't happen at the same time, okay. like immediately after. So I was like, but why did they change the name Supersonic if they were already doing the Supersonic? tests in oklahoma yeah. city <laughs> but maybe it's because oklahoma oklahoma cityans don't want to remember the supersonic tests that's probably yeah may, well no i think there was there was there is something about like the the sonics like they had some deal that when we whenever we get our basketball team back which will happen at some point we get to keep the name sonics and i think that is what it is also oh. there oh, was great. a period where i think they were always the supersonics but we always just called them the sonics we were like you yeah, we gotta go to the sonics you know that was yeah. it um, and you know, we didn't have any Sonics drive throughs like the rest of the country. So I was going to ask. Yeah, never. We, I didn't even know what it was. And like, when I saw like a Sonics, when I was first driving through the Midwest, I was like, what the hell is this? What is like, this is my <laughs> basketball team. This is crazy. So you, did you, are you, were you all of the sports growing up or were there some that you liked and some that you didn't or like didn't care about? You know, for people who know me now, this is going to sound crazy. I was, I was, uh, a Mariners and a Sonics fan. And I was not, uh, I was not into football really at all. Um, I mean, that is also because the Mariners were good and the Sonics were good and the Seahawks were terrible. Um, but it was also this thing of, I also just loved, uh, I loved the Sonics so much and the Mariners, everyone loved at the time. Um, cause we had Griffey and we had, you know, we had Randy Johnson. We had, I could still name, I think the starting lineup of the 1998 Mariners. Cause they, it was hanging in my, like a big poster was hanging in my bedroom, but like the Seahawks, I started getting back into when I moved to New York and, and, you know, I was, I was a male cheerleader at my high school. So I was really into our high school football team, but I was never <laughs> into our, into the professional football team. Um, so yeah, this is. The, the, those are the sports. Those are my sports. And what about the Sounders? They, I don't think they were around when I was growing up. I don't think MLS was around in I guess that, 
Yeah, because I think it started when I was like in, in college in like the mid 2000s. And then by the time that happened, maybe they were around, but I didn't know anything about them. Like I truly knew nothing about them growing up. Um, and it wasn't until like I went to college and I met a bunch of like soccer fan friends at Whitman and they were like, oh, yeah, when we go back to Seattle, we got to go to a Sounders game. I was like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, <laughs> I had no idea what they're talking about. That's actually that actually happened to me as well with Sporting KC in Kansas City, where it like was not a thing. And then I left and my sister would be like, oh, yeah, we went to a Sporting KC game or like and I was like, what is that? It, it is crazy. Did yeah, because I, I had no idea. My, I honestly got to know about, uh, speaking of other Pacific Northwest places, I got to know soccer because my best friend growing up, he moved to Portland um, to become a high school teacher down there. And he was explaining to me the rivalry between the Portland Timbers and the Seattle Sounders. It's crazy. It's crazy. We weren't served beer at some, there was some uh, bar we went to in New York when he came to visit me and there was a Sounders fan like behind the bar and uh, and like Jason I think was wearing like it was either Jason or my friend Lisa who's also from Portland but they were one of them was wearing a, a Timbers jersey and they were like gave him shit for i think seven minutes being like no i'm not gonna even i'm not gonna serve you for a long time oh my god And we were in new york like it was crazy <laughs> what a horrible bartender yeah it was not good <laughs> i don't think that bartender i don't think that bar's around much anymore <laughs> wow that's crazy i i learned a lot about mls because i used to work in advertising and one time we like Two years in a row, we were their agency. We used to run their ads. Their whole thing was like, we really got to appeal to the Portland and Seattle fans, which were like usually like very like uh, middle class white people, you know? And we were like, okay, but like you have huge markets in new cities. You should put one brown person in your ads. (laughs) (laughs) and then they didn't and then i think a year later they fired us and then they got atlanta united and then all of a sudden all their ads had black people and you're and we were like yes this is what we've been saying i mean everyone loves the sport i it is i mean it is speaking of washington it is like crucial that they would be like well no they 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 would like white people in washington because that is like it is one of the whitest like (laughs) growing up it was it's just such a white state it's crazy how white it is um, and it's gotten it's gotten more diverse, you know, since like I was born and raised in a small town called Issaquah. So I, I, I've been there since 1984 and it was it's gotten more diverse, thankfully. But I mean, growing up, it was like it was very white. It's a very, very white section of the country. When did you like realize that that was the case? Yeah, you know, honestly, I th- I don't think I realized how uh like how non-diverse Seattle and like uh and where I grew up was until I moved to New York. And then it was like this thing where I was like, "Oh, wow, like all these different races just like exist together." And it and it was like it was crazy to me to be like, "Wow, there are a lot more diverse voices, diverse faces everywhere in New York than than I ever ran into in Seattle." And I, I mean, there there are, you know, 
there are neighborhoods in Seattle that are more diverse, but like the metro centers, you know, the places that we would go in high school when it was like, let's go to Pike Place Market and buy honey sticks. It was like very <laughs> rarely. It was like not that diverse of a place. Are they, like I'm sure there are, but I'm more asking because I have no idea of what kind of immigrants you would find in Seattle. Like I'm sure there's enclaves like in every major city in the world, but there's a big there's a big uh, Asian uh, American population. Like there's that, a, there's a sense. big yeah like um there's there is a huge Vietnamese population there. A lot of uh, a lot of Japanese. Um, and the, you can tell that because like, th I mean, the restaurants there too, like you go to, uh, the, the Japanese restaurants are, there are great. The Chinatown was great, but there's also pho everywhere. Like they, I mean, even before I knew what, like, I remember walking around being like, every place has got a pho. Like it's just pho every, and it's puns on the word pho. <laughs> I mean, completely. It's just like, fuck it. Like, uh, uh, pho like all these fuzz. <laughs> And then there was one that I remember just called Fu Cycle, and it just was a bicycle, but instead of buy, it just said Fu, and I was like, "That's not even a pun. <laughs> like, it's just that makes it my favorite." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we would sit there and we'd be eating Fu, looking at, we're like, "I don't, I think it, I think that's the pun. I think it's just bicycle, <laughs> but with a different word. I think that's it." So, um, I guess you were talking about growing up in seattle and in washington and i guess we're we're kind of curious about like when you're growing up anywhere you're taught things about that place and about what makes it special mm -hmm. so when you were growing up like how were you taught about the state of washington and what were you told that like made washington so special and different from other states like for example when i was growing up in columbia we you know we had i was growing up in columbia in the 90s where like i remember when i was very young there were literal car bombs in the street but they'd mm -hmm. be like no 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 but we have all seven climbs like all seven climates <laughs> <laughs> do they have car bombs in all seven climates so uh yeah basically like what were you told that made washington like special or different compared to like the rest of the country the weird thing about washington is like as a state it is completely it's separated by the Cascades, like right in the center. And like either side of the Cascades is a completely different state, almost a completely different country. It's kind of nuts. So I grew up on the, uh, the West side of the Cascades. I was just out, just grew up East of Seattle and we were, but I think throughout the entire state, there's a lot, we were taught a lot in the eighties and nineties about how great the missionaries were. So that was, we were, we were taught a lot about that. Like a lot about like Marcus Whitman, uh, who is actually the the name of my college uh, was named after Marcus Whitman, um, who was, you know, at the time we would learn and like it was like write down five fun facts about Marcus Whitman after we watched like, you know, documentaries about him. And I remember I wrote like Marcus, like the Native Americans loved uh, the vegetables <laughs> that Marcus would grow. <laughs> like this is been, like it was during my time at Whitman that we were all like, Oh no, this was bad. Like this was like very bad. And like this is and there's always an uproar at Whitman about like we can't I mean our our mascot there was the fighting missionaries. Like it, when I was there it was the the Whitman fighting missionaries and it was a photo of like or a cartoon of stout like fighting missionaries. Looking back it's like that's crazy. Like that's, they've now changed it to the the blues I think. 
I think the one thing that we would we learned a lot about was like the 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 westward expansion and like the the wild west and the you know the ability to like create like cabins in the woods. It was a lot of that, like the rustic kind of flavor of mm-hmm. like cabins in the woods. And honestly, it's kind of I feel the same way. Honestly, now moving out to California, that like the West just has this like this like mentality. I feel like of like I'm trying to think of the, the right word for it, but a little bit of like my own rights versus like everyone else. A little bit more mm-hmm. of like a like you can walk through L.A. and you'll just see like regular house, regular house, regular house, house that's just like has is a clear hoarder's house, and it's and everyone's kind of like yeah, that's fine. Like it's like we, we all have our own thing, and that's it. And I think that mentality was always taught that we had that. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the other stuff that we were really taught. Um, we learned a lot about we learned a lot about like little squabbles that we would have, like Seattle had with Tacoma. We learned a lot about those squabbles, and we also had like in seventh grade, like sixth grade, I think was like uh, 20th century history, but it was like very vague. Uh, eighth grade was, I think, United States history. Seventh grade was the Pacific Northwest history. It was like it was a year devoted to learning about Washington State, and Interesting. like, yeah. And there was a lot about. I mean, there was a lot about Boeing. I mean, you guys mentioned Boeing. That's where my parents met. <laughs> they, they were working at Boeing. They were both engineers there. So it, it, there was a lot about that, and a lot of like, you know what? Truthfully, this is what I really think about Washington. They feel completely disconnected from the rest of the country in a way that like Alaska truly is. That's how Seattle feels. Um, is that whenever we talk about sports, everyone always brings up the West Coast bias or the East Coast bias because they're like, well, no one's going to pay attention to, to Seattle sports because there's an East Coast bias. Like we we really hate hated the East Coast growing up. Um, and I think there was a little bit of like, we are good here. We're great here. And like and no one else understands how great and special we are <laughs> except for the people here. But then but if you're you know, west of the mountains, fuck you, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because, yeah, I mean, east of the mountains is like it's a desert. And that's the crazy thing about Washington is like west. Of, it's like a but we never learned about east of the mountains. Like, so <laughs> I'm I'm sure we would have loved to learn that there are multiple climates in Washington state. But we're like, no, everywhere is rainy. And then we would go to Yakima and be like, what the fuck is going on in Yakima? <laughs> like it was it was like that. It was like crazy. So how did you guys learn about the part of U.S. history that didn't include you, right? Sure. Like, like, see, like Washington's not talking about, I mean, and this is me from Missouri, where we we have a compromise and <laughs> uh, we don't come out on the best side of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least it, when we're talking about the Civil War, it's like, oh, well, we're not one of the 13 original colonies, but like also we were in the Civil War, but we weren't totally a slave state. It was kind of complicated. That That's so, because I don't know exactly when Washington became a state, but it was it was after it was like 1890s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in there. You know, I, we would learn just about America, and it was I think it was largely just kind of like, yeah, it, whenever we learn about the Civil War, people would be like, well, what side? Like, I remember some kid asking, what side was Washington on? And they're like, Washington was in this state. Like, and it, was, it, was, it was almost like a thing of, like, a get-out-of-jail-free card. about like, no, we weren't there. We weren't involved. Like, we were we Nothing were to do around. with us. Nothing to do with us. We were too busy catching salmon. You know, like, that was, like, the, the Waiting to be saved by the missionaries. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was absolutely that, – that was, like, largely what we would feel like was – it did feel a little disconnected. Like, 
I had no idea how connected people felt to American history until I moved out east. Because, like, as far as I was concerned, it was kind of like, yeah, we're all just here. What, what does it matter? <laughs> like, we're in Washington. <laughs> we're in the upper right or upper left corner of this map, you know? You know, and there's, like, this whole thing about, like, Cascadian, like, identity, right? Like, this idea of the Pacific Northwest as it's, you know, I, I read this theory that I'm sure has been disproven by a lot of political scientists and whatever but i remember reading this in high school that like the united states has is is a country but it really has six nations in it you know and it's like the northeast you know the south the southwest the midwest and whatever and one of them i remember was cascadia and that's something that really like stuck with me forever I'm, i'm i'm sure it's like not considered like the the most erudite or like correct thing but i i always remember like cascadian identity and do you, like so it is a thing right it is like this like pacific northwest kind of like almost like detachment yeah of the rest of the country you know i was gonna say no i've never heard of cascadia but then i just thought of the i mean i have but like i never i was like no but that wasn't a, a main driving force but then i just thought of what i was telling you guys about how we learned about washington and i was like no that is exactly what it is it's like a little bit of we're completely detached in a way and so yeah i do think there is a little bit of that i i mean if if there was a motion i know every year there's like a motion for like cascadia to like become a thing and and i think most people who live there now are also kind of like no i mean give me a break i mean I think there, I think there would, especially the, like the last four years. I think there would definitely have been a move to be like we would join Canada. Like I think yeah. that was a definitely something, because it's also always been. Uh, I mean, at least my side of the state, like the the west side of the state, was always super liberal. And like, I mean, that's my mm-hmm. my dad was always my dad is like is a proud Democrat, and he he's always been like we voted for Dukakis. Like that was like his <laughs> big thing that he would always say about to prove how democratic we were is that we were like one of three states that voted for Dukakis. So we're there. We're there. And I'm like, okay, Dad. Um, I, I, I think there is a little bit of... Uh, I, I don't know, honestly, the problem if we were to create Cascadia is because, like, it happens in Oregon, too. The cities are so dense, but also, like, the Washington is huge. And, like, it is almost like a miniature version of the United States in terms of like red states and blue states, which is like you go outside of Seattle or outside of that the West Coast. I mean, the the right half of that state is pure red. So, like, I think there would be just as many people fighting internally in Washington <laughs> if it was Cascadia. It, w- it wouldn't get rid of any problems. It would still be people at each other's throats <laughs> politically. Just But we would just call ourselves Cascadia instead of Washington State, I feel like. I feel like that's how people feel like about like I feel like liberals and and people who live in the coasts feel like that about Canada like people talk about Canada like it's like this super progressive haven and and sure they have better health care and or different health care than us but uh like it's really super racist and there's a lot of terrible people in canada who are also gun nuts and like have the same (laughs) like politics as like super horrible i don't know like neo-nazis here in the states and uh i don't know i this is completely a tangent but i was reading a thing about how like white doctors refuse to treat indigenous women in canada 
Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah. It's a comp- I don't have a joke. I don't have anything to say about it other than it's <laughs> completely horrifying and Canada get it together. There, there is, I'm trying to, there, there is a, a big sign on I-5 when you're, uh, when you're driving down to Oregon from Seattle, you go down I-5, it's like maybe 50 miles north of the border. There's a giant sign that's just owned by a, uh, crazy racist like guy who just but like libertarian kind of like kind of guy but he's clearly a huge trump supporter and i I mean i i knew that before trump was even around like before trump was even running i was like oh like i remember when trump started running i was like i bet you the guy who owns that sign is like really (laughs) excited about this yes sign man because the sign is you drive by whenever we would drive to whenever we would drive by growing up my dad would be like we're approaching the sign let's see what crazy shit this guy's going to say this time <laughs> and it was always stuff like one and it was it's a big billboard one side would be like you can take my guns out of my cold dead hands liberals and then on the other side it would just be something along the lines of like flu virus is a hoax <laughs> i was like what are you talking about and this was before covid it was just like wow. crazy shit and he would just like <laughs> that... spew up that man must be having the time of his life right now. Oh, yeah. There are so many things to <laughs> sign if you are of that proclivity right now. Oh, yeah. Like if Completely. You're like a bonkers individual who, with access. What yeah. a, uh, that man hey, I think he just owned farmland and he just put up a billboard. And it's this very janky version of Uncle Sam <laughs> sitting on one side. And then it's just crazy garbage just like written on this thing. And I, oh I, some people in Seattle found out about it. And I mean, we all kind of knew about it growing up, but some people in Seattle found out about it. And I guess they went and tried to petition to get it down and like try to protest. And I think he just loved it. I mean, I of think course. He was so just, yeah, they're trying to cancel me. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> this guy oh sounds like the proto Q. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's I, just like posting insane shit because he can, because he has dude. the space to do it. If he was Q, I would not bat an eye. If it was, if it turns out that Q is the guy who owns the crazy sign on on I five, like just north of Oregon, I'd be like, no, that all checks out. <laughs> that would also mess with so many people's heads about what Q is and where that oh, type yeah. of where that yeah. type of racism and attitudes come from and where they live in the country. Yeah, the idea that because I I do feel like we think of the Pacific Northwest and really the West, like the far West coast in general is this kind of like Eden of progressivism that comes from apathy kind of that's, yep. that's the vibe that I've always gotten is it's, it, it's like what you're talking about, the detachment where it's like, Oh, people on the East coast, they're just like, or sorry on the West coast. My bad. See, that's the East coast bias. There we go. Um, that's the East coast bias. <laughs> like, no one's talking about me. Sean Kemp. That's me. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about the Seattle Storm. I do. Yeah. I'll talk about the Seattle Storm forever. They're so yeah. very good at basketball. They're great. Um, they're so good. <laughs> Megan Rapinoe is from the Pacific Northwest. So I feel like now. Portland Thorns, right? She used to play for the Portland Thorns. Yes. And mm-hmm. her, her fiance, Sue Bird, plays for the Seattle Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long time um, Seattle Storm. Uh, yeah, forever. like forever. Yeah. Um, not forever. It's like you know, yeah. a normal <laughs> amount of time. Yeah. Um, what impression do people usually have when you tell them you're from washington and or seattle and or do you specify seattle even though you're not really from seattle like yes i definitely do i mean well usually what the way that i would do when i would move out to when i moved out to new york what i would always say is i'm from seattle and then if they said oh i'm from like oh where like what what part 
then I would know that they were from Seattle. And then I would immediately say, well, not Seattle. Like I'm from Issaquah, <laughs> 20 miles outside of Seattle. Um, I, I do think there is like um, the, I think the impression honestly is that no one really knows what to make of us because like, there was an article like 12 years ago that was called like the Seattle freeze. Did you guys read about this? Or is this just something that everyone on my Facebook feed was talking about? Cause they all <laughs> thought it was bullshit. And I was kind of like, guys, it's not wrong, but it's like, uh, everyone. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Seattle freeze. It's a thing that everyone was talking about for like, like 12 years ago. There's some article about it. It's basically like everyone in Seattle seems friendly and they all have a smile on their face. But, like, if you try to get close to them, they're going to freeze you out. And they're, you, you can't get close to them because everyone's kind of very, like, pocketed off and stuff. And, like, I remember I was reading about it and I was like, no, we're friendly. And then I was kind of like, no, we're – I mean, we are <laughs> – I do think there's a little <laughs> bit of – there's a little bit of, like, growing up. Because I grew, I grew up right when Microsoft was becoming big. Like, that's when I was born and, like, in my elementary school time. My town – like Issaquah blew up. I mean, because of Microsoft, because Redmond is our neighboring town where Microsoft is, is headquartered. When I was born, that we had one traffic light in our city. And like, I think by the time I was like in second or third grade, I mean, there were just like developments being like mansions were being built everywhere for all these Microsoft like millionaires. And now it's Amazon millionaires and stuff like that. But there was a real attitude from both my parents and from, a lot of people in the neighborhood that were like, oh, these Californians are moving up here. <laughs> I don't know if that's who was moving up here. But all of us were like, these Californians don't understand the what it is to be a like a Seattleite. When <laughs> like we were real pissed at them. And I was like, I think that's a Seattle freeze, is we would smile and be like, Well, you're gonna love it here. And then be like, oh, that motherfucker came up here from California. Now I gotta get more traffic lights. Um, <laughs> obviously, obviously all the white people were just there. You know, like, yeah. that's the best part of this story is that everyone is like, ah, oh, they moved here. Unlike yeah. us. Unlike <laughs> us, we were always here. And it's yeah. also, it was mostly just other white people moving up to work <laughs> at Microsoft. <laughs> so it was never even, it was just like, a, I don't like outsiders who look exactly like me. Like, it was this weird thing. Well, that and also, we who, had. also who moved theoretically with, with a business which is basically what anybody who worked yeah. for Boeing would have done. Yeah. I mean, that's what my dad did. My dad moved. My dad grew up in Florida and he went to Georgia Tech <laughs> and then he moved to Seattle in 1974. And he was like, oh, these Californians. I'm like, Dad, you came from Georgia. Like, what are you talking about to go to Boeing? But like, it is a little bit of a it, it, people do feel like especially natives there are really like, no, this is like this is how I this is like this is my place and people are people like are now discovering it and I don't like it. Like and there's a little bit of that. And my dad was always like I mean I remember, you know, they they tore down the woods uh when I was a kid that was across the street from us. We grew up kind of in the down a dirt road and there's this big woods and they tore it down to make this big thing called Beaver Lake Estates. And they um I remember my dad being like, "Oh, these guys are tearing down the woods. I like to hike in." And like it was, he was so enraged. And it, I mean, it sucks. It, it it does. It was, you know, I remember getting woken up a lot and seeing all these woods get torn down. And I saw my fort get torn down, which was kind of a bummer. But you know, yeah, poor poor Drew. But you know what? Oh, I survived. Your fort. <laughs> I got through it. Your fort, and then the supersonics. And then this, I mean, yeah. And then, you know, poor Drew when he was 22 or 23. Oh. <laughs> Supersonics <laughs> r- ripped away. 
<laughs> and then the Seahawks lo- losing to Brady in oh my 2014. God. 20. Well, there was this 2014 season. It was 2015. <laughs> which is. Like, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm with you there, man. Oh, I know. Oh, I, I watched good. that. My wife's from Kansas City, and it was that was. I just hate Brady so much. I really hate Brady. Oh, oh yeah, we were we were Insta- we were Instagram <laughs> commiserating. Yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna say messaging, and I was like, that doesn't feel accurate. That's much mm-hmm. too neutral of a term for the true fire and shit emojis we were sending across. Yeah, <laughs> uh, across the country. <laughs> You know, anyway. I, huh. I was going to say the one thing that I just remembered when I was in fifth grade, sixth grade, we had to do a, we had a field trip to Olympia, which is the capital. And we went to the Capitol mm-hmm. building and the person leading the tour showed us the showed us like the, the Washington seal. And he and and um, and she was like, you know, the originally the state was going to be called Columbia. Uh, but the the United States said you couldn't do that because there's already the District of Columbia. So then we decided we would be called Washington. And then Washington, D.C. said, that's a good idea. And they took that name from us. And I grew up being like, that's <laughs> definitely true. And then I looked it up a few years ago, and I think she was lying. Because <laughs> I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> and she definitely told that to us. And I was like, I, I was like, and I, I told this to someone. I was like, yeah, you know, this happened. And then I looked up, I was like, no, Washington, D.C. was named that like in 1850. <laughs> like it was like <laughs> way before this. And I was like, oh, I was, I just had a lie. Just, I was walking around with a lie my entire life about how, <sighs> but that, I think that, that is honestly Washington in a nutshell is we have these great ideas and then the East Coast steals it from us. <laughs> And I think that is what the, the identity of Washington is in a weird way. I, I this, this does lead me to a question: like, if DC becomes a state, because that is like now it's like the closest than it's ever been the possibility oh, yeah. of this being a reality. Should one of them like rename themselves? Because then technically we would have two Washington states. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seems it's DC, like Washington DC in Washington feels like very Manchester city, Manchester from like the, <laughs> the British from the, you know, the premier league, like, yeah. uh, or man United in man city. Is that what it is? Yeah. Man United uh, in man yeah. City. Feels it's, I was confused by it. Now real fans are not confused by that at all. But I, when I first heard about it, I was like, what the fuck's going on here? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I mean, think Manchester be city is, yeah. Well, then the some, but then sometimes they call them city and United, yes. but then there are, so many other teams who also end in city and united. Yeah. yeah and Leicester FC. City, FC. City United FC. Well, like, FC I'm just sure that's means football thing. club. Sure. DC just means District of Columbia and city just means <laughs> a large populace in a concentrated area. United means together. I don't know why you're just saying the names of words. <laughs> so if, if, if DC were, if, sorry, if Washington State were to change its name, what, what what do you think it would rename itself to? Oh, I mean, I would want it to be named. I would want it to be named something. Uh, I mean, you could call it Rainier. You could call it Cascadia. You could call it like the amount of also like the 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 native names for all the towns around there are great. And also, my favorite thing about them is that it confuses the hell out of East Coast people. Whenever I because I remember I was like. 
you know, Issaquah was the town that I, but then Issaquah got too big. So my ta- my home technically got changed to Sammamish because it became a bigger town. And I think there were so many mansions there that they wanted to stop paying taxes on Issaquah. So they were like, no, mm. our schools will have our taxes. So Sammamish. And I remember telling, um, I remember telling some of my friends from Jersey when I moved out to New York, I was like, well, I grew up in a town called Sammamish. And they were like, what the Sammamish? That's the craziest name I've ever heard. And while we're driving, what? they're like, Ho-Hocus. And I'm like, okay. Fucking Secaucus. Yeah. But I think like, because there's like a Snoqualmie, Snoqualmish, Snohomish. Like there's a lot of really great native names out there. I, I would, that's what I would want. Like badly is like some, with some kind of like, Snohomish or Snoqualmie or something like that would be great. That that would be my my dream of what it would be named. Or just call it Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is if they if you guys keep Washington and DC goes with Columbia and they just say Columbia, then you guys get to be self-righteous about both because you mm-hmm. were going to be named Columbia. Mhm. And yeah, then that's you went true. with Washington. Which and Tess has Tess has notified us that DC was named in 1791 and Washington got statehood in 1889. I get the so truly almost 100 years. The audacity of that! The audacity of that tour guide letting a bunch of sixth graders know a blatant lie is crazy. Oh, there was also oh this is also I remember this. This is one of the founders or original governors of Washington. I remember that they pointed they're like, this is one of the original founders of Washington or one of the original like premier governors. I don't remember their name, but they were like, can anyone here tell us who, who, what he, who he looks like? And he has a Hitler mustache. So we were all like, and everyone kind of got quiet and we all looked at each other. And then one of my friends was like, Hitler. And she's like, no, Charlie Chaplin. And I was like, you can't. <laughs> None of us. We're all fifth graders. We don't know who Charlie Chaplin Charlie is. Chaplin. Oh, oh you ten-year-olds haven't seen City Lights. Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> he eats a boot. It's, like, <laughs> it's hilarious. I can't believe you don't see the resemblance. It's like there's another resemblance. The leading question of who do you think he looks like? It's like you can't ask that. You just oh, can't. Oh, that's so, oh, that's so funny. I gotta go. I gotta go on some tours in Washington. Oh that yeah. Seems like. That seems there's like another. That. There's a tour called the Underground Tour or Underground Seattle, which is like there's a city. Uh, originally, there a fire uh, burned a lot of it down, and they built a city on top of it. So you can just go down and go on the old sidewalks. It's pretty. It's pretty boring, but it is. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, sometimes fun. I- <laughs> A rousing, a rousing, rousing endorsement for for the tour of sidewalks. I'm not sure if anybody's going to lie to you, but. No, no, they might lie to us. They did say one joke uh, Mm -hmm. that they said this was uh, this. uh, We need to make sure that everyone knows that this uh, building is made out of marble. And a lot of people think it's granite, but don't take the marble for granite. And I remember them saying that to us. Yeah. And me and my my best friend Jason were on this tour for like a school a school project, and I mean the next four years of our life was just Jason going, "Don't drink the marble for granite." Like that was like our go to <laughs> joke that we kept saying because we was like that. 
And I remember Jason howling with laughter, but it was clear he was being like a dick, like just a little dickhead. <laughs> and, uh. like, I just remember. You know, that's all I remember from the Underground Seattle tour. Once you left the state of Washington, what was the thing that you thought was specific to Washington that was actually everywhere? You know, the example I, that sorry, the example that like I that like I give is like I thought that there was one stake and shake in the whole world, <laughs> and there's like literally one in Times Square. Sure, yeah. There, I mean, there's there are, and there are like seventeen all, just on like right. just outside well, those city limits. I'm sure. Well, I was gonna say also like you you've been to Kansas City like there yeah. are there are many more than just the one on the way to my aunt's house. Right. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, okay, well, I, the one thing I'll say, honestly, I don't know what I thought was was specific to Seattle, but was everywhere. Um, it might be Fat Burger was like a burger chain, but that was kind of that, that, that was then kind of everywhere. And I thought it was just a Seattle thing. I know that there are a number of things that I thought were everywhere, but were only in Seattle, like almost the opposite. Oh. Because there is, uh, there was, there was always a debate we had about uh, Taco Bell versus Taco Time, which was like Taco Time was a fast food taco place um, that had Mexi fries, which were just like tater tots, and I we would always have a debate about what's the better one, Taco Bell or Taco Time, and we had no idea that no one knew what Taco Time was outside <laughs> of like Seattle and the just east part of like the east side of seattle like that was the only place taco time existed so i remember saying like yeah guys like what do you think is better taco time or taco bell and people were like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) like no one knows what taco time is it sounds like a pervy way of saying you want mexican food like a really creepy way of saying Mm -hmm. you want mexican you guys ready for taco time you know what time it is it's taco time (laughs) It was bad. Um, (laughs) You know, the other thing I also thought, and this was, I really thought that everyone in New York, I thought that every Yankees fan knew that their primary rival were the Seattle Mariners. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Because the Mariners, (laughs) we all were kind of like, oh, yeah, fuck the Yankees. And we were like, yeah, that's the rivalry is the Mariners versus the Yankees. And then when I moved to New York, there was (laughs) the – the um, Yankees won a World Series, and I was working with a, a Red Sox fan, and we were down in the financial district right at the end of the parade. And uh, the Red Sox fan was walking through, and he was like, I'm just going to scream, go go Red Sox. And I was like, do you think it's okay, though? Because I'm wearing my Mariners hat, and I'm worried that they might think I'm a bad – they might, like, try to, like, attack me. And he was like, no one – who – it's a fucking ass. It's <laughs> like – it's an ass on a hat. No one gives a shit. He was like, I hate to break it to you, Drew. No one cares about the Mariners. Oh. And that was a real wake-up call for me. Oh. I love oh. also it's an S on a hat. Like, they didn't even yeah. recognize the Mariners logo. I, like, I was wearing the Mariners hat with just an S on a hat. And someone said, oh, nice, the Marlins. Like, the, <laughs> the Marlins. Oh, no. And I was like... The only S in Florida Marlins is the plural at the end of Marlin. Why do you think this is the Florida Marlins hat? It's the S for the C. <laughs> oh, that's so funny and so sad. 
that kind of leads to my next question, which was, does anyone have any major beef with Washington and why? But I feel like, based on your answers, Washington just has beef with everyone. And no one I think cares. it is. I don't... No one else, other than, like, maybe Portland. Portland and Seattle right. do have a rivalry because Portland feels a little bit like the, the the younger brother of Seattle, and there's always been, like, a little bit of a back and forth with that. But, like, everyone else, Seattle's like, oh, yeah, this is our rival. And, like, no one in the rival like knows who it is it would be like me being like well we you know you know my biggest rival is judd apatow <laughs> like me and, me and judd are always button heads we're always seeing who can do better and judd's like i don't know who the fuck this guy is like that's kind of what it feels like being in seattle and the rest of the world uh a little bit yeah <laughs> but you have so many i mean i know i i understand the east coast bias but like you have a sports team for every sport yeah. Except for basketball. Except for basketball. Except um, well now. Sorry. But also the storm, so we do have the storm. We and and the storm were great. I mean so the good. but I, that that would, you know, open it's up another different. topic about how how sexist the sports coverage is in terms of, you know, women's basketball. The, well that's exclusive to Seattle. Yes. It's just <laughs> that's Seattle. only in Seattle. Seattle is it's just a misogynistic like, place yeah. for uh, basketball in general. Yep. Uh, everywhere else. <laughs> everywhere else is everywhere else is great. Everywhere else with teams that I can't name. Yeah. <laughs> um, the New York Liberty? Correct. The Liberty, yeah. But they play up like up in Connecticut, don't they now? Or no? Don't they play at or no, is it upstate New York? I can't they remember. They don't play at MSG play. anymore? No, no. They got moved. They got moved. Yeah. That's yeah, not great. That's not um, right. The well, we just got a hockey team though. We don't even the, we don't even Kraken. have a hockey team yet. Yeah, the Kraken. The because I don't think I don't think they play again. I don't think the Kraken play until next season. I think so. Like the, we we don't have a hockey team yet. Um, I don't know. And honestly, you know, growing up though, we also the amount of times that the Seahawks almost got taken away from Seattle. Like it was a very yeah. Sonics like thing. We were always worried that it was going to be taken away from us. Um, oh. And uh, so it was always like a fight to be like, no, Seahawks may be shitty, but there are shitty. <laughs> like, we want the <laughs> shitty team. And then when they became good, all of a sudden it was like, it was like just like people, these diehard fans were like, we finally, like, we fought tooth and nail against all these people trying to steal our team. I don't know what it is about Seattle, man. There's an inferiority. It feels a little bit like a little brother the entire mm-hmm. time. At least it might have honestly changed because, like, when I grew up there, you know, it was in the, you know, I went to college in 2003 and then, you know, graduated in 2007. I was in Walla Walla, Washington, those four years. And then, like, when I moved to New York, a lot has changed in the last 13 years. Like, I remember taking my, my now wife, uh, we were just dating and I was in, like, you know, she came home to see the house and like meet a lot of my high school friends and stuff like that just to, to see my parents. And I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll go get dinner at uh, Ballard. And I was like, you're going to love Ballard. It's a, it's a quirky little fishing community. And then we arrived, and it's like modern-day Williamsburg. It was just like <laughs> giant <laughs> condos. And I was like, oh, God. Like, all I remember was joining, like, a jug band circle when I was there in college with, like, sawdust on the floor. And I was like, oh, this is so different now. There's a Uniqlo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember once I drove in Kansas City, I drove Felipe past what used to be like the grocery store, like the only grocery store we'd ever go to. And it's like now my high school owns it as like a robotics place, like for the robotics team. 
Oh my god. And I'm just like, I don't know how to tell you that like there used to be a Starbucks next door, and that's where I lived in high school. Like, but <laughs> but now it's now it's like now let me that like that used to be a blockbuster. Like, wow. <laughs> we, but, all we would do was hang out in the QFC parking lot, the Quality Food Center parking lot, and there was <laughs> and there were there were two QFCs. There was one in Klahani, which was a big uh, like residential area uh, or a new like housing development, and then there was one near Pine Lake Middle School, and that was old Q, and Klahani was new Q. And so whenever you would like go hang out, like, yo, where do you, where do we want to hang out tonight? Let's go to old Q. We would just drive into the parking lot. And just hang out in the parking lot. That was what we would do as kids. Well, what, yeah. When I, I mean, that's. I feel like that's what teens do. Like I grew up in, in Bogota, and Bogota is like a, the biggest city in Colombia. It's it's kind of like New York, kind of like it's got things like LA. Uh, but I I I think kids still do this. But there's this like mall where they they have this like these huge flags outside the mall you know there's like the steps into the mall and there's these huge uh flags and or i guess flagpoles because they're not always flying shit and then <laughs> teens would just be like oh you want to go to the flags yeah, yeah yeah let's go to the flags <laughs> and you would go to the flags and hang out there and not do anything no you know <laughs> you no. just would sit you were not allowed to drink because it was inside the mall all of you were minors <laughs> so you just go to the steps by the flags and sit there we we i remember when when we all when one of us turned 18 we went and got like i think it was jason went and bought like four cigars and me and like me and jason and two of our friends went to the old q parking lot and started smoking cigars and it was like <laughs> as if we were the coolest dudes ever I think we were also listening to Paul Simon. Like, we were not cool. <laughs> Blasting You Can Call Me Out while we're puffing yeah. on cigars, like, nodding at people. <laughs> like, What's up? Yeah, they were just terrible De Niro characters. Like, hey. <laughs> okay, so doing research for uh, this podcast, um, I saw that I saw the state flag of Washington. Oh, yeah. I have to say, not very imaginative. Well, look, is... I mean, don't, you love the $1 bill, right? It's just a $1 bill flying <laughs> on a pole. <laughs> Truly. It is a green background and the face of George Washington. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, would you, like, who'd you change it for? Because there's a lot of people from Washington who's great. Like, would you be okay with changing it to, like, Adam West? But it's... <laughs> Adam West as Batman. Adam West went to my college. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, look, I would be down to change it to Adam West. The thing I, I got mad, I get mad at that flag because, like, like you can't draw it. Like, it's, hard to have, <laughs> it's hard to have a state pride when you have to draw a very accurate representation of George Washington <laughs> when you're, like, doing it. Like, Texas is so easy to draw. Like, I, I'm sure plenty of people in Texas can draw their state flag on their, like, they're like books with the, you know, when they put the cover over the textbooks. I'm sure they were yeah. covered in that. The Colorado flag, like everyone's wearing so those cool. Colorado. It's so cool. I just wanted something that you could like, that you could just wear. Or you could be like, yeah, this is my Washington. But if I was walking around with a, with a green shirt and a face of George Washington on my chest, I would be a crazy person. It would be, it would be bad. 
It's one of those things that you just have to put it on the little pocket. You mm-hmm. like wear an all green shirt and it's like a little crest. Yeah, just right on there. On the pocket. It's not going to look good that way either, but it'll look less ridiculous. It would look definitely less ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I honestly, if, if I was going to put someone on there, it would have to be. I mean, I would want to put like Gary Payton on there, like a basketball player, or or uh, that would be that would be if it was the glove, I would be fine with Gary Payton on there, um, or Marshawn Lynch. Although Marshawn Lynch is he's so the Bay Area, but I just love Marshawn Lynch. He's the best. He is he is the reason that I that I truly still love the Seahawks, even though we did wrong by him and didn't give him the ball at the one yard line. <laughs> I just love him so much. <sighs> But Adam West would be great. I would be totally down with Adam West. I'm trying to think of... I, there's not many other people really... I guess Joel McHale. <laughs> Joel Amazing. McHale. That's, that's wonderful yeah. for you. Bella. <laughs> Bella from Twilight. Bella from Twilight. Yeah, we could do that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say a character from Ken Kesey's Sometimes a Great Notion, but that's Oregon. <laughs> I, can't, I can't claim Sometimes a Great oh. Notion. Um. Carrie Brownstein, I found out, was from Washington, and I felt a little betrayed because I was like, "No, but you're Portland." She, you, you, there's um, there's a place, yeah, from Portlandia. There's a, there is an exit uh, in Washington on one of the freeways that's Sleater Kenny, and I think oh, that's, that's where they. That's so cool. I think that's where they got the name. Yeah, that's very cool. I love that. Tess, I, Tess is saying that Anna Ferris is also from. Yes, her Sorry. and Chris oh, Pratt. Because because Chris Pratt's a big Seahawks fan. Yeah, they're both they were both Seattle. Um, there's a lot of oh Hillary Swank. I mean, Hope Solo. <sighs> yeah, <Oof>. but uh... <laughs> honestly, honestly, there's a controversial female figure in sports, and to me, that's feminism. Yeah, <laughs> I, honestly, to me, that's feminism. It is. I I feel like that's it's good that it. I mean, I'm. I don't know how to how to handle this. The, these um, the single the single <laughs> the single famous athlete disqualified from their position for domestic yeah. violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know just who we should one. put down there? Dave Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Cobain. Just Pearl Jam. If it's just Pearl Jam is the flag. It's just the the album cover for the album Ten. That can be our new state flag. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> Did you get a lot of like, oh my god, you must love grunge, and also, do you love grunge? I like Pearl Jam and I like Soundgarden a lot. I'm not honestly that big of a Nirvana fan, um, but I do like Foo Fighters. I mean, yeah, I mean, you you know my music taste. My music taste yeah. is is set in the '90s. I mean, I should just be a character from a Ben Stiller 1995 movie. I just love <laughs> '90s music. Um, yeah, we get that a lot. I got I got that those questions a lot about whether or not I liked uh, grunge, and that is that that's a very common thing. It's that what people want to ask you about is grunge and rain. Those are the two things that <laughs> people want to talk to you about when you say you're from Seattle. But I well, so I got in a fight with this guy there because I was like talking. To, there was some girl that was there, and and uh, I think I, I don't know. I think she was on another improv team and we were just like chatting about like about Seattle. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm from Seattle. And, um, clearly this guy had a crush on her and was mad that I was talking to this girl. And I mean, it was just an amicable chat. Like that's all we were doing, but he got yeah. pissed and in a way like barged over. I was like, what's going on? What's going on? Like, and just kind of like trying to outman me <laughs> in a way. And he was like, where are you from? And I was like, oh, well, I'm from Seattle. We were actually just talking about that. And he was like, 
He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, well, you know, but that's the weird thing about New York is like the humidity because it doesn't. It's not. It's not humid in in Seattle. It's not humid in the Pacific Northwest ever. And I was like, so the humidity is a real crazy. I can't handle it in New York. And he goes, it's definitely humid in Seattle. And he got in a fight with me about it. And I was like, <laughs> have you ever been there? And he goes, no, but there's rain. And I was like, that's not humidity. I don't understand what you <laughs> just water in the air isn't humidity, buddy. Like it was oh this God. weird. Oh my god! Oh, that's so funny. Oh, so, so one funny. time I have my my. It, this wasn't a fight, but this is the story I have about a person at a bar who thought they knew more about where I come from than me. Mm-hmm. And what happened was we had Taylor and I were working at an ad agency for a cognac client, and I believe the date is July thirteenth. We decided that on July 13th, we were going to celebrate National Cognac Day. Like, because we had spent the last month and a half writing, like, Twitter posts preparing for National Cognac Day. Because, you know, people celebrate those things. Mm -hmm. And so, (laughs) those hashtag holidays. And so, uh, Taylor decided that we should throw a party. And we did. We threw a party at a bar here in Harlem. And, uh... It wasn't a friend. It was a friend of a friend showed up and, you know, like our friend was like, oh, and this is my friend, whatever. Uh, You should meet them. And, you know, I was like, oh, hi, uh, this is uh, Taylor. Taylor and I went to college together. And then uh, this is uh, Taylor's boyfriend, Felipe. He's from Colombia. And and this person goes like, oh, that's great. And I don't remember, like, did she say she wanted to go? Yeah, she was like, I, I, like, the words she used were, I really want to go there, but you know, it's so dangerous. Oh, no. (laughs) And she had mentioned that she'd been to Peru and other countries. And so I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, kind of. I don't think it's any more dangerous than, like, going to any other Latin American country or really, like, any country. Like, we were in New York, you know, like, uh, so I was like, I don't think it's like much more dangerous than most big cities or other Latin American countries. And she goes, uh, no, um, my brother's been there and he says it's dangerous. <laughs> and I was like, um, but I am from there and I lived there for 22 years and I can tell you it's like pretty fine. And then this person goes, no, because, you know, because of the whole Pablo Escobar thing. And I go, okay, but it's been 30 years since he died. Oh, it was so great. Because my friend by that point was very embarrassed. Oh, they were so embarrassed. It was very funny. Um, But with, with that, I will ask... I believe our final question, which is, uh, what, I guess, like, what about Seattle are you either proudest of or, like, you most would want people to know about it that you feel like most people don't? Yeah. Um, you know, this is the thing about Seattle. It does, speaking of weather, it gets a really bad rap about, uh, just for being really <laughs> wet and rainy, um, 
and you know like a lot of people keep quoting you know like that it's the highest suicide rate in the country you know like, like those kind of things because it's like it's 10 months of the year is just seasonal depression there um i will say though there is nowhere you would rather be than a summer spent in the pacific northwest like a summer up there is the most gorgeous most beautiful place you've ever been i mean there's no humidity it's like it's always just chilly enough at night that you have to put on a hoodie when the sun sets but during the day it's like 78 to 85 every day no humidity um and it is like truly just the best in the summer like july the months of july and august are the closest to like a magical perfect place to live that you could ever live um then the rest of it is is rainy <laughs> and gray <laughs> but those two months like i mean in terms of like i mean i when i say humidity there is there is no humidity like i remember no, dude there is humidity no there no. is humidity look because <laughs> there rain, is humidity no rain is different because um, <laughs> i worked as a house painter there in the summer and you know like I, you know, if if it's really humid, it's a lot harder to dry for like houses to dry. But like when we would we would paint houses, there was only one day that I was like, oh, it's muggy out, and I was like, well, I guess we can only do one coat today. Like the rest of it is like, <laughs> it's just dry. It's just great. It's just such a wonderful place to be for those two months. And also, you get used to it when you 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 get pretty tough in terms of seasonal depression if you've grown up with it you kind of get used to just the gray i know it's a lot of people it really affects but having grown up there i was like no oh, well who the fuck do i care i'm fine like that was like largely the thing that i had to deal with um so i think that would be it and i'd also say the there is a beer in um in seattle that is my favorite beer and i i went back uh, a few times and it's not as good as I've been hyping it up but I'm going to say this I do think it's my favorite beer it's a brewery called Mac and Jack's and they have a beer called African Amber and it is so fucking good um, and you can only get it on tap uh, you can't get it in a, you, I think during the pandemic they made it available in cans but you can't get them you, usually you have to get it on tap because they don't want to like they, they have to dry hop it and let me tell you just sit down go there in July Get in, get a nice draft of Mac and Jacks, and just sit and enjoy the sun. You're gonna have the best time of your fucking life. That's my favorite thing about it. Oh, I love that. That's so good, ladies That's and gentlemen. Great. You have your you have your Seattle, your Seattle plans I, all laid yeah, out. I can make fun of it a lot. I have so much Seattle pride, and I really do love Washington State. I mean, <laughs> really hard. I really love it. And I I eventually would love to move back there at some point. I just don't know how I would if if I want my job to be anywhere in the entertainment business, that's my only thing that I, unless I wanted to revive grunge, which maybe I'll try to do that. You know, you can make a show set in Boeing or in like in Boeing or in, at at an Amazon warehouse. Like, Oh yeah. Let me tell you, I've written a few pilots. I've written a few pilots (laughs) set in Seattle and most, most of the notes I've gotten are, this is not relatable. (laughs) They're bringing back Frasier. They are. They are. I mean, it did help that in my pilot, one of the main characters was former, uh, kind of obscure Mariner, Jay Buhner was one of the main characters. (laughs) So I'm sure that didn't help. 
we are laughing like we have any idea who that person is. And I can guarantee you that if I don't, I Felipe no surely no. does not. I have no idea. But we... But the, the thought of a, a former baseball player being the star of a pilot is funny to me. That's great. I just wanted, I just wanted to be clear that when he said kind of obscure, for anyone listening, <laughs> that... To me, I find that, but I don't know if that's very obscure. My, my, my reference is fine, but we are laughing as though we are familiar, and we we are not. We are not. I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. But, but I would have found it I would have found it relatable, I think, yeah. though. And if you're from Seattle, you know Jay Buhner. I mean, if you grew up at least with the <laughs> 1998 Mariners, you know Jay Buhner. <laughs> <laughs> is that, was that part of the pitch? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it didn't even it didn't even make it to the pitch because that that was the first draft and I sent it to a friend and they were like, "Dude, I like baseball. <laughs> this is an obscure." Uh, so it didn't make it past uh, the first draft. <laughs> um. So Drew, besides your um your pilot with Jay Buckner, um <laughs> Bruner Bruner not Jay Buckner Buckner is. Buckner is a different thing. Oh, that's Billy. Besides your pilot yeah. with Jay Bruner, do you have anything that you want? That's Billy Buckner, whose Eric Hosmer was not, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Alex Gordon hit a home run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, speaking of obscure, baseball, I just nod. You just <laughs> nod. In this part of the podcast, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm just nodding. Um, I will say this is actually one quick thing for Drew. I one of my earliest baseball memories is my dad is a Mar- is a Royals Mariners game with. Ichiro Suzuki, mm-hmm. where my dad was like, this guy is the fastest man in baseball. Like, get ready to watch him be so fast. And I just, like, sat anytime he would. Because I think he was hitting, he was lead off. And, and so I was just, and it was when I asked him, that was when I figured out what the, what a batting order was. Because I was like, why isn't Ichiro batting first again? Because I thought I would get to see him at the beginning of everything. Right. Oh no! So, you gotta you gotta get through the real. No, you gotta wait. The real shit. <laughs> <laughs> but with Royals with Royals pitching in the early two thousands, it it was for pretty even pretty yeah. even match there. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> um, do, is there anything that you want to plug? Or Honestly, about? no. Not right now. I mean, oh yeah, there's a there's a new movie that uh, I, I've got a small part in a, a new movie uh, called Lapsus that is uh, written and directed by Noah Hutton, um, and it is streaming on uh, Apple TV Plus, uh, Vudu, anywhere, and also if you go to filmmovement.com, you can support local theaters and uh, kind of view it through local indie movie theaters. Um, but Lapsus, it's a it's a sci-fi movie. That I have one line in, but I'm just sitting there silently for a lot of it, and I, I really like the movie. I think it's really great, and uh, it's a it's a great it's a great movie about the gig economy, and uh, it's an alternate like present. But it, it it's a really I think a really powerful, great movie that Noah made, and I'm very proud to be a part of it. That's great, and it's out now. It's out now, yes, and it, it will be great. out for. You know, hopefully forever from now, I guess. I don't think it'll ever be recalled <laughs> like a Disney movie. So that's what I hope. <laughs> Locked in the vault. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this, Drew. We are very thankful that you give us your time and your generous laughs and your great stories to talk about this state that you love so much. Thank you so much for having me. I will talk about Washington whenever, uh, whenever <laughs> you guys need or whenever anyone needs. <laughs> 
thank you to Drew Johnston for joining us tonight. Uh, you can watch his movie Lapses, or the movie Lapses, where he's in, uh, which is streaming on Vudu, Apple TV+, Amazon Prime, and FilmMovement.com. Thanks for listening to Untied States of America. I'm Taylor K. Phillips. And I'm Felipe Torres Medina. The Untied States of America is produced by Tesha Sue Phillips. Our theme song was written by Hunter James Brown. And our graphics were designed by Summer Schneider. The Untied States of America is an Ungrateful Birdhouse production. Thanks for listening.